couple weeks off. I feel a little nervousness, I guess, uh, for whatever reason. But I ain't gonna, I'm not going to be before you long. I'm going to say ain't not going to be before you long. Um, we're going to hit this word, give out four points, and then we're going to be on our merry way. Amen. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off at uh, Matthew 23, and we'll spend most of our time there. You know, it's interesting because looking at Matthew 23, I guess I should have started with the Beatitudes. Um, but truth be told, I actually was going to teach from Matthew 25. And as I got into studying Matthew 25, I said I can't teach 25 without teaching 24. Then I said I can't teach 24 without teaching 23. So here we are. So these next few weeks, we're going to walk through these chapters. Um, we're not going to get through all this. Uh, prayerfully, we can get through the first 12 verses today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, uh, God's good. Yes, He is. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is good. Amen. 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 All right, so Matthew 23, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 12, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Amen. All right, here we go. Begin at verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, observe and do. Do not do according to their works. For they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Hmm. Verse 5. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. Verse 11 and 12. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. 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 So, you know, the reason why I probably said I should have done this because it taught from the Sermon on the Mount. Because really, Matthew 23 is basically almost an opposite of what Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount. In the sense of he's warning the people of the behavior and the actions of the Pharisees and the scribes, and he's actually one of them. So in the first 12 verses, he's actually speaking to the disciples and the crowd that we see in verse 1. You know, but after verse 12, he actually turns and he's speaking to the scribes and the, and the um, Pharisees. You know, looking back, you know, obviously this took place about possibly about 2,000 years ago, and we can look at it now because we have description, and we'll look at the Pharisees and we'll look at them a certain way, right? So when we think of Pharisees, we don't think of anything really good, really, right? We think, why? Because they persecuted Jesus, right? They, they had Jesus, they were envious of Jesus, but what we have to understand, 2,000 years ago, they were actually the heroes of the faith, right? They were, that time, Billy Graham. People looked up to them, and Jesus recognized that. And it wasn't the fact that Jesus had issue with the Pharisee. What he mainly had issue with was their hypocrisy in that aspect. Because what we have to understand is a lot of the beliefs the Pharisee had were in line with what Jesus taught. They believed in the resurrection. They believed in the afterlife. 
They believed in angels and the demonic world and things like that. Actually, they also believed in the spread of Judaism, not just among the Jews, but also among those who were non-Jews. Those are things that Jesus acknowledged and lined up with as well. And sometimes we can look at it and say, well, you know what? The Pharisees were, when we think of false teachers, we think of the Pharisees. But that's not actually the case. Well, how, how do we know that? Because he says here at the beginning of verse 3, Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, observe and do. You think Jesus will tell us to follow a false teacher? No. You think the Bible will contradict itself? No. Because guess what? Paul said in Galatians, he wanted a church in Galatia, he said, look, if anybody comes preaching another doctrine, let them be accursed. John said in his letter, don't even allow them to come into your house. Jude, Jude I almost said Judas. Jude said what? To contend for the faith. Right? So Jesus is not acknowledging, he's not saying that they're false teachers, but he's saying, look, they're teaching the law, but even though they're teaching the law, they're hypocritical. So that brings us to point number one. Don't do what they do. Don't do what they do. And see, we don't, we don't want to be grouped in because sometimes we want to consider the Pharisees one way and we consider ourselves a different way. But sometimes we as Christians today, we could take on some pharisaical tendencies. I don't even know pharisaical is a word, but I just made it up. <laughs> it's not a word. <laughs> so we can add it to the dictionary. <laughs> so, again, point number one, don't be like them because they preach but don't practice. In other words, they pretend. So that's verses 1 through 4, and I'm going to read those again. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works. For they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one, one of their fingers. So, here we have, Jesus didn't, again, Jesus didn't call them false teachers, but Jesus, he was letting them know that, hey, they taught some good things, they taught some scriptural things, but don't follow their patterns. And while he's talking to the disciples and the people, guess who's hearing them? The Pharisees and the scribes, because they're, they're right there, they're, they're, they're hearing them. So, what's interesting is this, Jesus is calling them hypocritical, but sometimes, even today, what happens is, well, let me backtrack. So, as I mentioned before, that they're not false teachers, but Jesus is saying, don't do what they do, but sometimes we entertain the false teachers and things like that. But we're not to do those things, but we have to be careful, and we have, to, see, sometimes people, people will teach, say, well, you know what, we'll listen to them. Or they were listening to the Pharisees because of the authority that they had, basically being in Moses' seat. Well, yes, that's partly true, right? But then, again, the main issue Jesus had with them was the fact that they're hypocritical behavior. And we want to make sure that we don't display hypocritical behavior where we're saying one thing and trying to teach somebody one thing, but we're showing somebody else something different when we get before people. Are we giving them attitude? Are we not showing love? See, because what happened was the Pharisees, they went by the letter of the law. But there was no spirit of the law. And, you know, and 
another thing they did, they started to add their own opinions and their own theories to, to the doctrine and said, well, this is part of the law. And they placed heavy burdens on people. So in other words, they placed burdens on people, which is opposite of what Jesus said he would do. Right? Because Jesus is a, is a what? Burden taker. Because he yes. said his burden is easy. His yoke is light. Yes. Right? So these are the things we should not be placing burdens upon people. And I think Marsha said it, I think on Wednesday at a Bible study, that sometimes people think holiness is burdensome. But it's not. They, they think it's burdensome or legalistic. But it's not. Because what happens, if we're walking in the light and we're walking in Christ and obeying him, then guess what? It's not going to be, it's not going to be hard on us, per se. We're going to want to do right. Right? So nobody has to tell me, Rasan, when you're at home, don't look at porn. Nobody has to tell me, Rasan, don't get drunk. Right? These are things I don't have a desire to do. Why? Because it's not burdensome. Now, somebody that finds themselves being burdened by those things, they might want to get with the Lord. Might want to get in that quiet place. So, what Jesus is saying here, it was a hit to the reputation of the Pharisees. Why? Because, like I mentioned in the beginning, they were the heroes. They were the heroes of the faith back then. People looked up to them. But again, they, what they started to do was, they said, and I think I talked about this before, they started to say, well, look, we're up here, you're down here. Okay? And they started to treat some people a certain way. But we have to understand, it wasn't all the Pharisees that were bad. Why? Because if they were all bad, then Paul himself in Acts 23 would never have still identified himself as a Pharisee. Because he used it to his advantage, right? When you had to, when they were trying to split him in two and you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he says, look, I am a Pharisee. And then guess what? The Pharisees changed their tune that day. So, oh, he's one of us. Almost like a game today. He's one of us. He's wearing our colors. <laughs> and they went to protect him. Right? And said, nope, you Sadducees, y'all get off of our board. Right? Because he's one of us. And also, again, what Jesus said in verse 3. He didn't say don't listen to him. He said listen to him. Just don't do what they do. Because they're going to tell you what to do, but they're not going to live right. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure, again, we're not operating like that. We're not living like that. Alright, point number two. They were the original social network. Right? So they were the original Facebookers and Instagrammers. In other words, it was all about, look at me, look at me. Verses 5 and 6. I'll say it again. They were the original social network. network. Right? But all their works, they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and large, and, they, and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogue. So these are all the things. In other words, they made sure they had enough followers following them. Right? So they probably looked at each other and said, well, this one's got this many followers, so I need to have my own follower. Right? So we can't be like that either. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. And keep your finger there in 23. We'll come back to that. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, 1 through 6. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. 
Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be seen in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself, himself excuse me, reward you openly. Verse 5. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites. Mm -hmm. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut, the do shut your door, pray to your Father who is in heaven, the secret place, who, excuse me, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So, the Pharisees, they wanted to go in there, and they wanted people, again, to say, look at me. These are my long prayers. These are the words I'm saying, and we got to be careful not to do that as well. When we're coming together, even when we're coming together on Wednesday, corporate prayer, we want to be mindful and respectful of one another in our prayer. We don't need to be thanking everything, thanking God for everything we have when we come together for corporate prayer. If you want to do that, go into your secret place. That's what we. That's the time we're to be doing that. But sometimes we come into prayer. Not us, right? Talking about church in general. <laughs> so don't throw stuff at me. <laughs> but we could come in and we start thanking God for everything. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. No, when we come together for corporately, we want to hit it. We want to hit it and we want to go before the throne room. And again, once again, we're being respectful and mindful of other people because guess what? When we start doing it, now we start making corporate prayer about us. And that's not what it's supposed to be about. Again, when you need to make it about you or us, we need to be in that private prayer time. Right? Or, if you got that prayer partner, that's, that's okay. Amen. Right? That's okay. But we don't do things to be seen. Amen. Right? We don't come and just make up stuff, and that's usually why some people do that. Not all people, but some people may do that. Why? Because they feel like they got to copy somebody else's prayer. Or not copy somebody else's prayer. They feel one person is, is praying a long time, and sometimes by the Spirit, that may happen. That's okay. But it doesn't mean that we all have to do that. So in other words, again, they wanted enough followers, right? So we do that today, right? We do that today. We want enough followers. We want, we, I talked about bumper stickers, right? Church bumper stickers. And we got to be careful of that. And I told y'all before, that's one reason why I'm going to do that, because some of y'all drive like you're not saved. <laughs> I don't want that representative of the church. <laughs> right? I heard one person say, he said, he would, he'll probably get Jehovah Witness bumper stickers on <laughs> to set a package up for them. Right? I'm not gonna, and it's funny, because me and Domin went out to eat last Sunday, and then there was a vehicle in front of us. We were in the turning lane, about to turn in to the mall area, and uh, they had a particular, well, they weren't doing anything wrong, but they had a, a, a church sticker on that I'm familiar with, right? And we was in Short Pump, and I know that church is in Melothian. And I'm looking at the time, I said, now, they should be at church. 
They got this bumper sticker on for this particular church. They should be at church. So why aren't they in church? <laughs> That's just me. That's just me. Right? So all sorts of speculation started running through my head. But yeah, so it ain't, yeah, no bumper stickers. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, oh, the phylacteries. So what are the phylacteries? The phylacteries, they got this from the Old Testament. So they will bind things to their wrists or they will bind things, put straps onto their neck and uh, around their head and they will have a box. And the box will contain scripture. So they use these phylacteries to get people to think that the bigger the phylactery, the more spiritual they were. Right? But you know what? We, we, we kind of do that today too. Right? And I, I understand and I respect the robes and things like that. But sometimes, you know, we got a robe for the ordained. We got a robe for the, doc, the, the PhD just in the church among the pastor. Right? And sometimes we want those robes and things like that. Why? Because we want people to know our credentials. Mm. Right? But it doesn't matter. Because guess what? We're all children of God. Right? Yeah. We're all children of God. No one, no one is more important than the other. Amen. Amen. Point number three. All right. So they love titles more than people. Verses 7 uh, through 10. Greetings in the marketplaces. And to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but you touch, but excuse me, but you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and are all, and you are all brothers. So remember, he's talking to the disciples. He's saying, he's talking to the disciples and people, not one of you are more important than the other one. Verse 9, do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven, and do not be called teachers. For one is your teacher, the Christ. So is he saying, don't call our dad's father? No, that's not what he's talking about. Right? He's talking about those who want to have spiritual authority over people, who you take it and run with it, and you go, it goes to their head. In other words, everybody's got to call you mom, everybody's got to call you dad. So these leaders, they love titles. In other words, call me bishop. Call me deacon. Call me pastor. And then if you don't call me these things, then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to scold you. Mm -hmm. Now, I get it. There's a certain respect to those things. But after 24 years in the military, I, I had a pretty high up position. And I can go off duty at the end of the day, go out with captains and things like that. Well, guess what? We were on a first name basis. I didn't call them by their first name, but they would call me by their first name or just say we. Right? Because it was informal. But I didn't call them by their first name. I still respected them in that aspect. But even if I did call them, they wouldn't have been offended by it. But we see people in the church that get so offended by those things. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they love the titles more than they love people. I got to bring correction to you just because you didn't acknowledge me as deacon so-and-so or elder so-and-so. That ought not to be. And here's the thing, titles often divide the body. Because what happens is, it gives the appearance that, hey, I'm more important than the next one. And once again, Jesus is talking to his disciples here and saying, look, you're all on an even playing field. Because guess what? If we're all born again, we are all the same. Amen. No one's more anointed than the other. Some of us may have been anointed to do certain things, but we're all children of God. 
And see, when we take on these titles, or we seek to search out to obtain these titles, now that causes separation. Yeah. Once again, it causes a division and things like that. That's not being a body. Amen. Because there isn't but one head, Jesus. Amen. That's the head. The rest of us are the body. With the arms, the legs, the feet, the fingers, and things like that. The heart, the liver, the lungs, all those things. We all have a place. We all have a part in that aspect. Amen. All right, last point. Point number four, verses 11 and 12. Point number four is, greatest among you shall be called servant. Greatest among you shall be called servant. Verse 11 and 12. For he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, oftentimes, people associate success by how many people up under them, or how many people in the church. That doesn't qualify success, what Jesus says. What qualifies success in the eyes of Jesus is how many people you serve, how many people you may help. See, the world's way of doing things will say, hey, you have to have so many people up under you to, to, to be successful in that. But that's not how Jesus looked at it. Even when, it, even when uh, he was in the upper room with the disciples, when he washed their feet, he was telling them, he says, look, serve one another. Serve one another. That's what it's about. Serve one another. And not just us, but other people. Other people. We can't think we're too high and mighty in the Lord that we can't be servants. Because once we think we're high up, then again, that causes division. And that's not of God. Because we see here, Jesus said it. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So we need to be humble servants in everything we do. Right? And part of that humble servant is not broadcasting everything we do. Amen. Right? Because ultimately, that's pride. And even like the, uh, the Pharisees, we shouldn't look to go to try to sit in the high places and things like that. In other words, trying to be seen. And what we've come to be accustomed to in many churches is we want to sit on the front row. Right? We want to sit on the front row. Or we want to sit up so some of y'all who came to uh, when I spoke at that church, uh, I guess it was last year, beginning of last year, I felt uncomfortable when it had me up there. Right? right? I felt uncomfortable. That's not me. But I, I respected the house. Right? But that just wasn't me. Because I'd rather be out there or in the back. Right? And, and I understand why people may sit in the front. Okay? That's just not me. Okay? I'm sitting in the back next week. <laughs> <laughs> You're <actually> sitting back. <laughs> <laughs> so the Pharisees neglected this thought process of being humble servants because they wanted to be worshipped by wanting to be above the law. They wanted things to be according to their way of thinking. Right? And, and we can't be like that. We want to be humble servants. We want to be like Christ. And we got to remember, y'all, we, we said it here before, Christ came to serve. Even though he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he came serving. So if Jesus could come serving, 
how can we not serve? Amen. You know, because sometimes we, 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 we can get in the habit. And, and you know what? We can all be susceptible to it. It doesn't matter. Because we can be susceptible to it upon our jobs. <clears throat> we want to be acknowledged and be rewarded for what we do. Instead of just being servants. Right? So even as a police officer, we'll have it say yeah, we're public servants. Right? But some people may not say it that way. So we want to be careful of that. Amen. 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 So that is it. But I want to go back to uh, point number one because I forgot to read the scripture. <coughs> Being doers of the word. So James chapter 1. Let me turn it. Let me close out with this. See, we don't ever want to be to the point where we're hearers, but we're not doers. Or we're trying to preach and teach somebody, but we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Alright, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. Be do, but be doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Mm -hmm. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be what blessed yes. in what he does. Right, so we want to be blessed again. This ties into, I think, I don't know if it was this past Wednesday or Wednesday before, we talked about be obedient. Be a doer of the word. That is how we become blessed. But we're looking for other things to obtain a blessing and a material blessing and things like that. But just do the word. Be doers. Be doers. Be doers. Right, be doers. Be humble servants. It's not about everybody coming to serve us. If, if, if that's what we're looking for, we might as well forget it. Because that's not, that's not what Christ teaches. That's not the example he set. Matter of fact, that's not, Paul even talked about that. Paul didn't even want to be a burden on the people. And Paul even talked about how, because he's an apostle, because he was teaching, that yes, he could have accepted things from them. But he didn't want to be a burden to the people. Right? That's a part of humility, not pride. And what I can get, please go do this for me. Go do this for me. Go do this. Go do this. Or even being the first one to eat. Right? Because as leaders, we should be the last one to eat. We want to make sure that everybody else gets something. And things like that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'll stop there. Amen. So let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father God. <laughs>